Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by David Homan. David is the CEO of Orchestrated Opportunities. And in this episode, we talk about how building ecosystems of trust can best be structured and leveraged by businesses and their partners. Hi, David. Hey, Brian. How are you? David Homan is the CEO of Orchestrated Connecting and co-founder of Orchestrated Opportunities. He collaborates with family offices, startups, impact-focused businesses, nonprofits, and individuals, teaching them the power of trusted relationships and bringing in his network alongside theirs to scale impact. For nearly two years, he worked with the Dalio family as senior advisor, vice president to Luna Clips Media. He's also a composer whose work has been played around the world. David serves as the New York City ambassador for Nexus, as board secretary of the Arthur Miller Foundation, founding board member of Ariel Rifka Dance, board member of the First Republic Bank, FEA New York chapter, advisor to Regeneration VC, Ripple Effect, and as an evaluator for the unfunded list. David, thank you again for being with me today. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Brian. Thanks for having me. So I'm super excited to talk about orchestrated opportunities and what you're building here and the implications for businesses. So let's just sort of get to it. Like what is orchestrated opportunities? Sure. So orchestrated opportunities is my version of growing up and taking control of my own destiny. And that's that's the honest answer with it. For many, many years, my core network, my family, my friends have said, you have an incredible network of authenticity and trust. And what you need to do is find a way for people to value that because you give so much to the world. And this is the model. It all comes from a private community I run called Orchestrated Connecting. And that really is the impetus for this because I saw for years in the philanthropic world and the family office world, everything in impact, there's incredible people with brilliant ideas and they don't know what the other is doing. So in the simplest form, I figure out what other people are doing and I align them together and I help them build trust. A more complex version is that I teach them how to build that ecosystem that I've built adeptly over the years. And I work with them to understand how they can build trusted networks so that they can amplify their efforts quicker, faster, and have a greater impact in the world. A lot of businesses put a lot of time and effort into building out brand ambassador networks and preferred influencer relationships. You've built a high impact network of gatekeepers that open up their Rolodexes for each other. So let's go back in time. How did you go about building this network? I know this is something that sort of happened naturally for you, but going back, how was this built? And like, was it through word of mouth? Was there some sort of concerted marketing effort that you made to get connected to people? And how do you build that authenticity that you just mentioned? So it's it's a really interesting premise because the way you define and describe businesses doing this, they're investing in it for what they need. And I took the exact opposite approach. I'm a giver. So I leaned in and I built a network to give other people what they needed. I happen to be a connector. That is a term that's come about in more recent years positively from the now more negative version of networker. But as a connector, my intention wasn't what I would get out of that conversation or that ask for other people. It was literally to just build a network of trust among people I respected. And I happen to have the ability, partly because of my musician and theater training, to remember all the type of connections that have been given to me, to remember the circumstances that some are very direct. So-and-so works as a president or founder of a bank. Somebody needs a bank connection. 
but I found that those softer connections, you know, somebody's niece is going to Skidmore and several friends went there. Could they talk with that woman, young woman about what that experience was like at that school? And I found that the value that people needed wasn't what they were asking for. So I stumbled around this. I could say it's purposeful. Everyone likes to, you know, reimagine their origin story as something different than it was. I built a network of people I loved and trusted. It was partly because I needed to fundraise in the Jewish world for a nonprofit that I ran for years. It was partly because I wanted to expand my horizons and be able to meet fascinating new people. And I knew that being in circles of influence was the way to do that, especially being in New York City. But what I didn't realize, and this was the biggest failure I had for over 10 years of my life doing this was, I made a false assumption. I assumed that the people in my network I was closest to knew the strength of my relationship to them, to each other. And once I realized that was not the case, that somebody I would leave my children with, somebody that I trust didn't know that I also trusted somebody else at a conference that they'd just met. Once I was able to course correct and build a community of trust around that premise, orchestrated connecting was built, my connector community was built, and the impact I had became insanely scalable because I was able to start to figure out how to transfer trust that is often built over years pretty instantaneously from one part of my network to another. Let's focus in on this because trust is so critical and so hard to measure, I think, right? And it's a very delicate, fragile thing. So is there a way that these individual relationships can get scaled and how do you measure them? Are there rules for engagement? Because if I'm helpful to a bunch of times and it never gets reciprocated, it becomes harder for me to remain engaged in this trust building exercise that you've developed. Part of this is that trust needs a systemization around it. If you give too much, people therefore take too much. That's the correlation. What also happens with that is if you give too much and you expect people to help you or people you think people should see that you deserve to be helped, you failed. You have to be able to ask for what you need. You have to be able to ask in a way that shows people the vision they can join with you on. And that's one of the hardest things as people build their networks is they think, what can I get out of this? What can I get through people for? And they don't sit in a structure where two things happen. They lean into the people that they want to help the most that they can, and they've defined to those people as their ambassadors what you need as well. And there are simple rules because what we forget when we talk about relational value is we are in essence of every intro asking somebody to give their time. And if we're able to do it in a way that makes them think and believe that they are giving it, you keep the trust. If you do it in a way that makes people think you are taking it, that trust gets taken away. How replicable is what you're describing for a, a business? Again, it's different from ambassadors or advisors. It's different from board of directors. What is the value exchange between a business and individuals that might participate in this type of network? So this is extremely replicable in the context of knowing that you need to build an ecosystem for your business to grow. It's not a quick patch. We'll build some relationships, we'll sell more to consumers, we'll buy a new company. This is something that if you build appropriately, builds you an ecosystem that has a much more incredible cost per customer acquisition as you scale it. So when you look at this in the context of mergers and acquisitions, 
any company looking to buy another company, tell me a single one that wasn't identified through somebody making an intro or relationship. When you look at people who are able to make a lead into a sales pipeline and get to an entire college, university, whatever it might be, there's somebody on the other side with all of those relationships and that's the exchange. So when you approach it as B2B or B2C as what can we get through to sell something, you fail. When you look at it as how can we build an ecosystem that's going to sustain and grow with us, you succeed. And that's brand loyalty. That's trust. That's the respect of what any business has to offer. What my business offers, especially in an impact lens, because I care about people helping the world and leaning in as they scale what they do, is a way for people to understand that the best leads you can build aren't the ones right in front of you. They're the leads where you build trust and then that person's relationship as a gatekeeper is absolutely key to exponential growth once you've built that trust between two individuals. I'll get you out on this question. Is there a lesson or best practice that you've developed in helping businesses and organizations cultivate these types of relationships? What do you hand off to someone at the end of engagement that lets them go and do it themselves? First off, everyone who believes they're incredibly great at pitching and asking for what, what they need isn't, with very few exceptions. So one of the best tangibles is getting people to be very clear and concise on asking for what they need, not in a way that lists what they need, but lets people align with their vision, share their vision, and help amplify it. And every business, family office, startup that I've worked with, philanthropists as well, when they've taken to heart how they ask, because people hate to ask for what they need, it's a game changer. Because there's a way to do it that's not just appropriate, it's motivating. The other part of it is that many people approach conversations, they approach interactions. And again, I'll, I'll beat a dead horse with this, with what they can get out of it. They don't lean in for how they can connect to somebody first. Not how's the weather, what happened with the Rangers, or you know, how you're dealing with Delta or Delta Cron or Omicron or any of the variants of COVID going out there. And Delta Cron for me sounds like a Transformers character. So it might be the scariest one if it happens. But the point being, you have to approach things with an openness and a vulnerability because at the end of the day, everyone goes home. There's no such thing as a business hat and a personal hat. It's just what you choose to share and be open and honest with. And I'm not talking about let's be vulnerable, let's express gratitude, let's have authenticity. My version is let's lean in for what drives our purpose and let's have people see that spark in us. And maybe that brings out the spark in them that builds trust, in this case, in a business relationship that shortchanges the process of that dance of should I invest in you or should you invest in me? Because if you see the person's character and you have something that ties you closer together, you're much more assured based on the network and the ecosystem you've built around these relationships of taking the plunge, of investing in people, of investing in a company or selling a product, whatever it might be. I totally agree with you that most people are not good at asking for what they need. And so I'll try my hardest right now. I need you to tell everyone how they can reach out to you if they are interested in learning more about your work. So the easiest way is through a trusted source of mine. I make my life very public. My email is on my website. You can Google me in a thousand ways and find my cell phone. But what I don't have in life is time unless that time is put to me by people that I trust. So for me, the best way to engage somebody who is a connector is to connect through their network if you have it. 
because anyone that you trust that would contact me, I will be able to prioritize more of my time on simply because I also lean in to give more than 70% of my time in connecting to others. But in terms of what you're asking, Brian, in terms of, of what I offer and why, I work at a very interesting intersection. I have the trust or through my network, the trust of an enormous amount of wealth in this world, political power. I have an enormous amount of trust with people who are movers and shakers who don't have time, but they have time for me because I've leaned in to help them solve problems they can't solve in their own incredible immense networks. So the offer, like what I bring is an opportunity to align that type of network with somebody's cause, with somebody's investments, with somebody's goals, but I would never do it just for somebody wanting to profit. That's not what a gatekeeper, so to speak, focused on impact does. I do this for one reason. I believe that my ability to connect people and build these ecosystems can make the world a better place. And I know that by doing that, having seen that happen over the last decade in particular, that I can create an efficiency at scale for how the world becomes better as people invest in it properly. Okay, but what's your website? Orchestratedopportunities.com is my website. My affiliate site, Orchestrated Connecting, explains more of the methodology in the community. So easiest way to find me, Google me and anything about connecting and orchestrating, and I'm all there. My shining forehead on video, playing piano, talking about connectivity, but on my business site, really leaning into the simple way that I would approach it to dig in personally and in a very niche way to how I can help somebody scale what they're doing. Joined today by David Homan. I think this is such a foundational shift in how businesses go about thinking about ecosystem building and brand loyalty and business development. I'm grateful to you for your time and your wisdom today. Reach out to David, but better yet, reach out to someone who knows David to get to David. So thank you again, David, for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate all the hard work you do.